Hey everyone, uh, we're back with Hold My Chai with Amanda and Shreya. And today we have a very special guest. Um, her name is Aliyah Karani, and she is actually her sister is my future sister-in-law. So we do have some family connection today um, on the show, and we're really, really excited. I'm gonna let Aliyah introduce herself. Um, but we're really excited to talk to her. She has her own blog called Compound Dreams. And um, she's kind of, she has her her hands in a few different things. So I'm going to let her introduce herself, but um, we're really excited to talk to her. And yeah, Aliyah, take it away. Perfect. Hi, Shira. Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, that was a pretty good introduction, I think, already. Basically explained what I'm up to, which is Compound Dreams, the blog that I recently started um, about four months ago. And yeah, that's about it. Um, I don't know. It's okay. Yeah. No, why don't you tell us? Yeah, no, of course. Like, I mean, the blog is one thing, but I think it's really interesting to learn from you kind of like how you got into it. And we'd love to hear how you not only started the blog, but what motivated you, what it's about and what motivated you to get into, um, you know, this type of field. Like I will let you kind of introduce it, but I want, I really wanted to ask you how you got into it and what kind of motivated you to start. For sure. Okay. Well, what motivated me to start the blog was um, I've been a licensed mortgage agent for about three, four years now, and I don't really have an online presence. So one thing that had been on my plate for a while was creating a website for the mortgage business. Um, but to be honest, mortgages, finances, while I understand them, it can be a little dry. Um, the content's the same across the board. Most mortgage brokerages offer the same information. So I really had to come up with a way that would motivate me to get more excited about creating this website. Um, and I just thought, you know what, let me do it so I can involve more of my personal life into it, like a bit more creative, create it like a blog. So it allows me to be a bit more excited about the process and I can tie in my personal experiences along with mortgage financing, real estate investing, and then debt management. Um, so that's basically how I started. That's what caused me to start the blog. Um, so basically, yeah, finding a way to tie in my own personal experience with mortgages, uh, the best way to do it was to share my debt experience um, because prior to meeting my husband, Stanley, um, I was in a bit of consumer debt. I wasn't very good with money management. I was kind of just taking day by day, year by year. Um, and then after meeting him, my life really shifted. And since then, I've really managed the consumer debt, managed to invest in two investment properties. Um, and I just thought it was an experience that would be worth sharing. So, yeah. Also, amazing. You know, what I was going to say, also with COVID, I imagine just like you girls with the podcast, you kind of end up with a lot of time on your hands and you think, how can we be mm -hmm. productive um, and do something that you've always wanted to do or learn something new? So, yeah, it was just a way to kind of motivate me and keep me focused during a time that could be a little discouraging and uncertain. That's beautiful. Yeah, I love that. I'm all about people having a little side hustle or a full-time hustle and especially now with everyone, you know, struggling and I think the topic that you've chosen like financial literacy and just like starting to understand debt management um especially at our age like it can be really overwhelming. So any resources that you can put out there if you have the ability to help people with that, I think it's amazing. Um, and how did you, just out of curiosity, how did you guys come up with the name? I love, well, how did you come up with the name? Um, I love it. It's just so, it's so simple and it, it sums up everything so nicely. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Um, well, I, when I told Stan that I wanted to work on the blog, I, we were trying to brainstorm a name that could be related to finances, but for me, I really needed something that was motivation focused. 
um, those are the type of blogs and information and blogs and videos that really help me when it comes to like gratitude and goal setting and, you know, achieving your dreams. So we kind of thought like what's something old school, like an old school finance term. Um, so compound interest, like mm-hmm. it's a well-known term, although not many understand it. Mm-hmm. I didn't really understand it, um, but compound interest. And then obviously playful with compound dreams, you know, like if we're mm-hmm. working to compound our interest and, obviously learn more and be more successful then at the same time we should be able to do the same with our dreams and continuously achieve them so that's kind of where it went there yeah I love that because it kind of gets that across so quickly even when you just read it or hear it it's just you can understand kind of what you mean by that especially if you know that it's kind of related to mortgage and debt management. So that's really awesome. I think, um, we, I, I kind of know your, your background with Stanley and how you guys got into, um, investment properties and stuff, but I would love to get you to kind of explain how you guys both got into that. And I think it's so interesting how you, um, have that partnership with him as a partner, not only as a life partner, but in your professions and your day to day. So if you don't mind, we'd love to hear how both of your backgrounds kind of fell into that and how you combined your interests that way. Yeah, of course. Um, it's funny because, like, as much as, you know, we fight and have our problems, I really do praise him a lot behind his back. Because <laughs> he really is the reason for me being in this position that I'm in now. Um, but anyway, I'll, I guess to start at the beginning of it, like, Stanley had invested and worked really hard and saved a lot of money in his 20s, his early 20s. So that was the time for me when I was in university and life was all about partying, traveling, having fun. Living in the moment, um, super easy to get credit cards at that age. You just basically, I remember one time walking into a Staples and being offered $500 credit card, not knowing exactly how to manage that and also not having, I don't know how to explain this, like the focus or the drive to try to learn more about it, mm-hmm. you know, just totally. kind of going, going through my day. So that's kind of where we met. And I met him when I was 32, I think. Mm-hmm. He was in a very different position than I was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really held back on my financial situation when we first met. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my first blog posts was the my debt to freedom part one. And then there I explained mm-hmm. that I really tried to put off money conversations and debt conversations mm-hmm worried that we might, the relationship might end because I was so embarrassed by my situation, especially for a guy who had invested in some condos. Um, he, him and his business partners, Devin and Julian were ready to buy like a first triplex that led to a couple others. So they were on this trajectory and I was, you know, you kind of feel like you're in a different, different scene. I felt like I was lagging behind a bit. So Mm He managed to get out of me one day, about a few months into the relationship. (laughs) And then after that, he really helped me understand more about consumer debt, interest rates, how to shuffle money around, how to pay off that debt, how to consolidate. And he really helped me put things into action. Like, sorry, I just dropped a paper. That's okay. Um, Yeah. He just, you know, he said, he said, we'll go to the bank. We'll get more, you know, we'll ask for more credit and Mm -hmm. this and that. And things that I never thought to do. He just mm-hmm. kind of said, just do it. Mm-hmm. And then if they don't help you go to someone else and just a very different mindset. Right. Like pushed so, you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's definitely how I learned from him in that way. Um, and then of course, like understanding when you want to plan a life with someone, but for us also meeting later in life, we had a very good partnership, friendship, love, marriage type of thing, mm-hmm. you know, we really respect each other. And for him, he's told me early on that he really wants us to be better off Mm-hmm. from this relationship than when we go in, um, yeah, regardless that. of where, where life takes us and keeping that in mind, you know, 
yeah, that's kind of just where it all came from. And I really humbled myself and opened myself up to learn from him and his partners because I knew I wanted to change. And mm-hmm. in order to do that, I had to change my habits. And yeah. How it was. I love that. Yeah. Cause like, to me, that makes a lot of sense. Like that to me is what a relationship should do. It should put both of you better off than when you found each other, if possible. Like that's, that's so wonderful to hear. And I just think it's awesome that you can find someone and a partner. And I think I relate to this a lot because I, I feel the exact same way about my fiance, Alex, who you obviously know. But um, I think it's the same thing. Like, I didn't think about a lot of this stuff until Alex kind of opened my eyes to that. And, and you know, like, I never thought about buying a house on my own, um, you know, because you think you tend to think about these things um, when you're with someone. Um, but even if you're alone, I think it's really important to start focusing on it. And I think your blog can really help people with that, too. Um and I think, you know, like just, just in the sense of a partner, I think a lot of our listeners could probably relate to this too, but I think we should, as a generation, start thinking about it a lot earlier than we do. Cause we don't learn this kind of stuff in school, which is so crazy. Like these are the type of life skills that I feel like everyone should hone in on when you're a teenager a little bit. Like I know my parents used to like push me a little bit here and there, but you don't really start thinking about it until someone in your life that you love comes along, hopefully. And like th- then you guys both think about it together at some point, but I think it's awesome that you guys can help each other with that. So maybe just off of that, just jumping into kind of another question here, where, where would you re- recommend that people who are new to this start? Like if it's, you know, people are feeling a little overwhelmed or they've never thought about it, like you said, um, you hadn't at that age, where would you recommend people can start? So you mean start on like starting a blog or start on life? like debt management debt management I would say yeah yeah debt management um I think the best place to start is just don't be embarrassed and talk you need to Mm -hmm. talk about it Mm -hmm. um it's funny because I guess growing up it almost felt like inappropriate to ask someone how much you pay for your house like what's the value how much do you make um obviously I mean you would never really ask someone what's your debt yeah (laughs) we all knew that students had student debt you could probably estimate um what it was but these are the type of things that I thought you're not supposed to talk about. It's inappropriate to ask about. When I met Stanley, he's extremely upfront, almost a little too honest, to be honest. <laughs> but, <laughs> Sometimes um, that's good, though. He flat out ask you a question where I would be like, how can you ask that? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's just money. It's a conversation mm-hmm. and a topic. So first of all, you need to be able to talk about it. Yeah. That's the main thing. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Um, yeah, so the conversation is definitely a big way to start about that. And then also setting up a plan. Like, uh, I would say have a goal where you want to be. You could do like a work back schedule and say that, you know, by fi- we all have it. We all have our goals and our mm-hmm. dreams. I knew that I wanted a life of financial freedom. I wanted a family and all these things, but I had no way to get there. Mm-hmm. I just thought I wanted. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted an opportunity in the future where I'll be making enough money to help my parents and these type of things. But Still, I had no way to do it. I was still carrying like 25K in debt. I always had 25K in debt. It was very strange. Now when I think back, (laughs) how did I manage to maintain my debt so consistently, even though my jobs and my education and what I was doing in life and my rent and expenses were always changing, that 25K always stayed there. So once I kind of realized that and thought, wow, like my relationship with money is strange or something that I need to work on. Um, and you just have to kind of self-examine too. Everybody has different dreams, different goals. Um, your, your dream may be to work in the same company, um, till retirement. You're happy working the Monday to Friday, nine to five. You're happy with the salary increases that come along and all the benefits and all of those things. And that's great because you're living the life that you want. But I knew that my life had to be different. So when you examine your goals and where you want to go, 
then you have to start to set a plan. So very first thing, don't be ashamed to talk about it. Second thing I would say is surround yourself by people around people who are in the position you want to be in. Mm. It's like that old quote about you are the product of the five people that you are closest to or something like that. But I need to surround myself and open myself up to learn from people who are in the situation I want to be in. You you have to really humble yourself and be willing to say, you know what, I need to change something because it'd be insane to think something will change when I'm the same person year after year. Absolutely. So that's great advice like I think old is gold when it comes to that quote like I think there's a reason that quote sticks around till today because you know you you, I think everyone listening to this can probably think of certain people they know or friends that they have who have just surrounded themselves with um, people who are not good for them or are not helping them grow and you know I've grown out of friendships myself because of stuff like that and I think the more you expose yourself to people who have that mindset and can put yourself, whether it's a partner or not, whether it's friendships, family, whatever it is, I think if you look for that in other people and and the people who emulate what you want to, you know, what you want for yourself, it's going to help you tenfold. So yeah, that's all of that is great advice. Um, And then I know I've struggled with myself with a lot with kind of organization skills in the past, but I'd love to know, like, if you have any tips on organization, how you keep everything organized when you have so much going on. Because I know you just started your own family and everything. So how do you keep everything organized? Um, well, I appreciate you saying that, but <laughs> I still feel extremely unorganized each day. Um, you don't look like you are. I think uh, best way to stay organized, like, just say setting up your day or setting up tasks that are manageable. Mm-hmm. It's great to have, I mean, it's the same way we set one, three, five, ten year goals, mm-hmm. set up um, certain tasks that are going to take a certain mental capacity for me. So like when I started the blog, for example, I would give myself a list of weekly tasks that had to be done. Yeah. And then as I started my day, I set up a good routine for myself. But then some days you're not as motivated as others. Some days you're more tired, but I still needed it to be productive. So I would um, tackle a task that wasn't as mentally taxing that day it might just be editing Mm. editing a post or editing my pictures um maybe going on twitter for a bit staying active there things like that and then other days when i really felt that push and i was ready to go i would like pump out a blog post that day um but when you manage your expectations it's a lot easier to stay organized um as well like just lists obviously Mm. it's so simple but like basic lists about like what I need to do because that's my, my number mind, one like yeah list, right yeah, yeah. It's, it's a jumble in your mind yeah. it always seems harder too when you're not when you're thinking of everything you have to do it's mm-hmm. harder than just doing it absolutely um so that would be it and also allocating time for family like again when I first started the blog I was super excited for it really motivated like my life before was all about um Benjamin my son yeah. but then all of a sudden it became all about the blog yeah <laughs> <Like my laughs> Yeah. But then I had to really manage mom duties and then blog duties. So when Ben was awake, I would just really focus on him. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even try to look at the blog, try to start a post because it's not fair to him. I would get frustrated sometimes and I would just focus on him and house tasks. And mm-hmm. then as soon as he napped, I was on the laptop mm-hmm. ready to go. Um, and I did that for the first like two, three months, I'd say. And that really seemed to work when I really just focused. Yeah. And I tried to not even think about it because when you're thinking about something else, you're not in the moment. Totally. And then I wouldn't be there for him in the moment, you know? Yeah. So, like you want to give yeah. it your all, whether you're focused on that or something else, no matter what. Yeah. No, that's, that's great advice. I think lists are like definitely my go-to and that's helped me keep me sane through everything. So yeah, I think um, I'm going to pass it over to Amanda. I think she's going to dive into some more questions for you here. This is awesome. 
Yeah, thank you. It, um, so far, it's already been really enlightening, and I appreciate your honesty to your point about people needing to humble themselves and talk about things more directly. It's probably something that I very personally struggle with. I would never think of asking anyone these questions, let alone sharing them myself. Um, even though I don't think I understand why we all do that, it's just something that's kind of understood societally. So I, I certainly appreciate your honesty, and um, having read through like a of your blog posts, I really do like how clear, concise, and just um, transparent it all is. Um, one of the one of the things for people like me that I really struggle with is um, I think I've been okay in terms of my finances up until now. I think like I certainly am not a millionaire by any stretch, but I've been able to go through school and and um, kind of invest in a property and feel like I have some things going for me in the right direction. But at the same time, I do have this feeling, especially as it relates to investing in more risky things, stocks, things like that, that I'm not educated enough and that maybe I'm too late. You know, this idea of like being too old and not actually getting the advantage of compound interest and everything else. So for I'm sure there are tons of people who feel this too late sentiment. How would you respond to them and what are your thoughts on investing in, at a later age? Um. I think the too late sentiment, while it's so common, just respond with it really is never too late to change. Um, and the wild part is, is that you can really start changing now. Um, you just need to work on your mindset and the way you look at things and think about things, you know, change your thoughts, change your actions, change results, that very simple um, equation, basically. So I would say that, first of all, it's never too late to start Um also, you just, you have to be willing to stick with it. Change doesn't happen overnight. Um, and when it comes to investing, I don't know much about stock investing, although I do have a pretty good post that I interviewed uh, or interviewed a friend of mine who I used to work with who quit her day job to just focus on investing. Um, that was, that's the extent of what I know of stock investments. Um, but I think it's just trying to learn how money works and understanding interest. And I mean, it sounds like you definitely like are there because you've got your investment property and you're managing well. But, um, I think, sorry, I'm digressing a bit, but yeah, basically it would just be that it's never too late to change that. Um, and you kind of have to start right away. I think when you feel the drive to change, it's too easy as we get older to say, well, I am the way I am. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is the way in relationships as well. Like Stanley and I definitely had um, like any relationship challenges because we're so different. I'm a very emotionally um, driven person and he's a very like tactical mm -hmm. um, process system focused I person. I can definitely relate but, to that. Yeah. <laughs> when you put it together, it can be disastrous or it can be yeah. a very good team. Um, so, you know, you definitely have to be willing to kind of like look at that and also understand that um, you want to change. Mm -hmm. If you want a different result, you have to change. Mm -hmm. um, and I do also find small changes definitely lead to big changes. So for me, it was focusing where I could focus the most, and that was just mm -hmm. in my daily habits and routine that mm -hmm. should ultimately lead me to be able to tackle those bigger challenges, right? I mean, it's like trying to change your spending habits right away, mm -hmm. but you don't even really know mm -hmm. where you're spending. Or you have to start small, Um so that would kind of be what I recommend is focusing on daily habits. It really set you up for success, really clear up your mind so you can put your mental energy to something bigger um, and then go from there. 
That's great. Um, one of the posts that I really enjoyed of yours, and I think it's actually pretty new, is the 25 tips to change your spending habits. I liked it because it was like a ton of information, um, but it was all, it, a lot of it felt like doable. It felt like if you, even, if you were to take five of them, you could, you could still make a significant change. But then there's some that I'll admit kind of intimidate me. Um, as someone who I, I would still say that I'm pretty novice in this space and like the idea of a monthly budget and like managing your expenses in an intelligent way is maybe not something that comes naturally to me. So do you have any like thoughts or tips on how you kind of go about this idea of monthly budgeting and reviewing your expenses in a meaningful way? Um, for monthly budgeting, I mean, I'm not naive to the fact that I have a really strong partner with the kid, like he's able to manage those. So I kind of go and follow his lead, Stan's lead on that. Um, but for myself, um, I think when you are trying to tackle a bigger problem, it's just learning from experts and learning from people who started like you. So often I would find I would just go on YouTube and watch a vlog on my first investment or um, investing my first 500 in the stock market, things like that. There's plenty of people out there who are sharing their information, who have started from a place of not as much knowledge and then managed to learn and grow and succeed from that and who are now sharing that knowledge for free, which is wild mm -hmm. because you don't have to pay for this information. Um, and I would kind of recommend that. And also just a really big, like, what helps a lot is checking in with your finances often. Mm -hmm. Conversations about it, um, talking to people about it, having someone who holds you accountable is huge. Um, where you're spending, just everything like that. It just has to be something that you constantly think about. Um, yeah, that's that's as yeah. much as I can offer there. I feel like I've been yeah. scared to look at my bank account at various times, <laughs> multiple times. Yeah, like just oh, not that's scared. another one actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I had when I started the investment, so my friend and me and a friend Maureen, we invested in two condos. Um, and that was one thing that I did often was constantly check those bank mm -hmm. accounts. I don't know why. I, I mm -hmm. just wanted, like, I knew when mortgage was coming out and rent was mm -hmm. coming in. And just constantly, constantly looking mm -hmm. at it, being aware of it, seeing it every day. Um, yeah, you definitely, it changes. Yeah, things, I think that's you know? better like, than the opposite. Ooh. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's great. Um, you're right about there being so many tools and tricks out there. And the, the probably the motif, the general idea of what I hear you saying is kind of, like managing your finances is no different than making any sort of material change in any aspect of your life. You just need to have a goal. You need to be committed to that goal and you need to be open to change and open to learn new things. And what I, I think you wrote this somewhere on your blog as well. Sorry to keep referencing it like a, like a super fan, but I thought it was a really good post. Um, is uh, you talked about understanding your weaknesses and then not only understanding them, but learning how to move past them and to conquer them in a way. And I think for me that really resonated because there are some things that I've just like written off effectively um, and saying like, all right, well, that's going to happen. That's my personality or I need this level of retail therapy when I'm this type of stressed. Um, but it sounds like, and I probably intuitively know this, I just need someone to tell me sometimes that all bad habits can be changed and all habits as they relate to spending can be changed. Um, so curious to know what like your personal, maybe some of the weaknesses that you felt you had going into this journey and where you've kind of come, come out of it on the other side. Um, for weaknesses for me, I was never 
it was funny because when we first started talking about my or my um, my debt and what I spend on, you know, I don't buy expensive clothes or expensive bags. Like, you mm-hmm. know, that was Stan's big question is like, what do you spend your money on? Because I don't see, mm-hmm. he sees that I'm like more cautious, but it was a small little expenses. Like, you know, if I was out, I mean, it, and I'm, to be honest, it's like, I'm a work in progress. Like I'm still like this. Like I left the mm-hmm. house yesterday with Ben and I managed to spend money mm-hmm. on groceries and stuff, yeah. but like, it's, it's weird. Like yeah. almost at a point you can't really leave the house because I will spend, but, <laughs> um, just trying to understand managing that spending. So for me, it was impulse buys. And also if I was just out, I remember this from back in university when I was out with friends, like I would, I love to be able to treat people and buy around of drinks and stuff. I would often spend on my credit card, not fully understanding the gravity of that interest. Um, and that was huge. And I, I mean, I feel so stupid when I say it because how can you not know that you're paying in like, it's just, a it's not intuitive that, though. I will say, I don't know. I was like too. ignorant yeah. to it or I don't know what mm-hmm. it was, but you know, I remember even early on saying once, Stan asked how I was going to pay for something. I was like, well, I'll just put it on my credit card. He's like, well, that's money you don't have. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not your money. And I was like, but I have my, like, it just took me a while. Yeah. I have this credit limit. I have like, it's there. I can, I'll pay it and I'll pay it off. But I had no means to pay it off. Mm-hmm. And so just trying to understand that and managing things like that, um, yeah, that's been huge for me. And I'd still like that sometimes as well, though. Now it's nice to have someone that I have to check in with, to be honest, because for me, it's like huge. I mean, I'm 36 now. So I'd say by the time, like, let's say I was 20 in university that, so 16 years of these habits, just, you know, Mm -hmm. building up, building up. um, It takes a while to change. And I explain like, you can't change overnight. You shouldn't expect yourself to, because that's where it becomes difficult. You know, if you have an expectation to change just like that, you will get so discouraged because it's not happening. Mm -hmm. Um, So you just got to take it step by step. And we do often check in with our finances, especially during COVID, where money situation was a little different for a lot of people. Um, Just where are we spending? How are we managing? And that's the thing. I mean, people don't have these conversations often. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talk about finances. I'd say it comes up at least once a day in some capacity. Mm-hmm. So wow. that helps. Yeah. Like that's a great segue into like my next question for you was just kind of like, how has COVID changed your outlook? Cause I know a lot of people are struggling with this very topic even more now than ever. So like, I feel for people who feel like they're already drowning, but then with COVID on top of everything else, it's like the whole, out- your whole outlook can change so quickly and we weren't prepared for it. So how do you think your outlook has changed if at all? And like, what kind of changes would you say you made? I think you touched on it right now a little bit, but like, if you want to expand on that a little bit, we'd love to hear that as well. Um, for COVID, I think for a lot of people, it, it might've felt like you're at a standstill, like everything just stopped. Um, there's a lot that was out of our control. Mm-hmm. It sort of felt like you, the year had to be put on hold. Um, this was the initial feeling. And then I remember Stan saying to me, you know, I really want us to come out of this. We have to come out of COVID better than we mm-hmm. came in. 2020 has to end better, you know, and mm-hmm. it's wild, but like just putting that in my mind and having this extra time, uh, with him at home, helping with Ben, allowing me some more time to focus on the blog and us to plan about new business ventures and investment opportunities and all these things, it's proven already to be probably our most productive year Mm -hmm. so far. So just, yeah. And just by conversations, um, and just putting that in your mindset, you know, like it's the only thing we could control was how we reacted to it. Just like anything. So we really made a point to focus on what we could. 
Um, you know, he was working as a manager at uh, a restaurant that he's a part owner of prior to COVID. So not working there really allowed him the time to focus on different aspects of the business and allowed us the time to really make plans for the family and our mm-hmm. goals and talk more about those things. So it really has felt, I mean, I, I, I'm so grateful and I really do think that we're blessed and that we were able to um, comfortably like live day by day, mm-hmm. um, not stress too much and be able to just plan for a better future. So that's awesome. Um, so I guess to, to kind of like close out this, I, again, I really appreciate this coming, this information coming from a woman, not just a, cause I find you can find a lot of men talking mm-hmm. about financial literacy and, and their experiences. But, um, for a company that I used to work for, I actually put on a seminar for women in finance. And it was only in that moment that I realized that like, oh wow, this is a problem that exists outside of me. And just like women in particular are seem to be more scared and more anxious to kind of approach this topic. And it's great when you have a partner to support you like that. But I think a lot of people probably um, maybe don't or are that partner for another person potentially. Mm -hmm. Um, So in terms of your learnings through this whole journey, what, where, what would you say you've learned or like the biggest highlights of what you've taken away from your debt to freedom journey so far and what you're hoping to achieve going forward? Um, you know, I'd say the biggest takeaway, like during all of this, starting the blog, um, is that I'm a lot more capable than I gave myself credit for to begin with. Um, and that even with simple things like time management, uh, working, my productivity, managing my finances, just learning to think a different way. Um, I mean, it's obvious I've been able to change and I'm still on the road to changing and that has really, it's really motivated me in that way. So that was a nice personal experience or kind of revelation where it's like, wow, like you are capable of so much more and it wasn't easy to come there, but, or like to get to that point, but finding out being here, it just makes me want to do even more. You know, we always say life is so Mm -hmm. short. And then in the past, I would just let days go by where on my downtime, I might just throw on an old show from Netflix or just veg out or Mm -hmm. spend hours on Instagram. And that's great and all, but, um, when you kind of shift and allocate that time to learning something new, it really changes you. And I think that, uh, being able to do it at an I don't want to say older age, but yeah, like after being a mom mm-hmm. and starting a family and that at a time where you feel like you can't really change. I think, yeah, we just don't give ourselves enough credit. Um, we're, a- we're capable of doing so much more no matter what your situation is. So that has been a really nice learning experience during all of this. So. That's so motivating. Like I know Amanda and I talk about this topic a lot about just getting really down on ourselves. We're both that type of personality trait to just be very hard on ourselves. And I think a lot of successful people I've, I've met in my life are like that because that's just how they derive their own success or they bring that out in themselves. So that's super motivating to hear. And I think it's so amazing that you've taken the reins on it and like, you probably feel so much more in control. And I think control is like a big part of it. Like we feel like we're losing control. We don't have, we've never had control over our finances. And it's so, it seems like it's so simple when you say it, it's like, but it's your money. Like how can you not have control over it? Right. But it's very easy to get into spending bad spending habits or just not keeping track of it. Cause for me, like when I was growing up, I just didn't keep track of it that much. Like I just thought, Oh, like whatever, like I was never allowed to have a credit card super young. 
And now I understand why, because I, I always thought like I was so mad. Like my friends have got a credit card so much younger than I did. My dad would always tell me like, you know, like it's not the greatest thing in the world. You'll understand why. And he would try to explain it to me, but I was just, I was too young and immature to understand, I guess. But I think as you grow up and you like, thankfully I have someone also in my life who, who helps me with that. But if you don't, and if you're that person for someone else, like Amanda said, it can be overwhelming, but just feeling that little step, like taking those baby steps, like that's what gets you back the feeling of control. So I think that's super motivational for me at least. Um, but yeah, Amanda, did you want to kind of close out? Did you have any last questions? Yeah. So, um, we, we certainly wanted to ask you about how you learn, like if there's specific resources that you'd refer to, of course, we're going to reference your your blog in in the podcast notes as well and um i saw in the blog just another blog drop because i'm that type of stalker um you mentioned um, marie kondo and like <laughs> like conceptually oh, the no. idea of marie kondo and i'm a big marie believer myself yeah. <laughs> like the, the method has wonders for my life um but i've never actually equated it to finance but mm. um, marie aside are there any resources that you would maybe direct people to who are new to this or maybe people who are more experienced but just uh, have different areas that they don't know very well well for the marie Kondo thing well, it's actually good you brought that up because um i think for her and like relating that to finances is a lot about just creating habits right mm-hmm. like I don't know if it's a feng shui type thing or just your workspace or your um, living space, keeping it clear so your mind is clear. I know that's, I don't know, it ties in for me. Like um, when I decide to create certain daily habits that really help me declutter my brain and declutter everything that's in my mind, I'm a lot more like you become a sponge. You can use that brain Mm -hmm. capacity to absorb more information. And in doing that, you almost just lead the rest of your life in that way, right? I mean, if you want to have cleaner finances or, you know, even simple things, clean up your desktop on your laptop, something that you see every day. If you have a clean space, it just, I don't know, it goes into your, the way you live your life, I suppose, and the way you think about things. So that's how I kind of relate that. And then for resources, I think for me, big ones are, well, to be honest, a podcast. Um, Her name is Brooke Castillo and she has the Life School Coach podcast I think my my school coach she's a life coach I think I've heard of her yeah um yeah and my friend or actually my sister Sophia had suggested her back when shout out to Sophia yeah (laughs) back when we were when Stan and I were dating and I was like it was still early on and she had recommended a podcast called love 2.0 so it was relationship focused at that time but it helped me and I started to delve a little more into her podcast from the beginning. And she's a lot, she focuses a lot on mindset, feelings, understanding how you feel about things. And then she translates all of that into money management and her relationship with money. So she's been all around like a guru for me for quite a while. Um, and mostly on, I think for her, she's really opened me up to being able to change. Like you can change mm-hmm. your thoughts and the way you think so quickly mm-hmm. and it's been really helpful to get over things that I would normally dwell on or take days analyzing or stressing over, you know, I I think I mentioned it in one post, I can't remember which one it was. I think it was one about like, am I too late to change a post about that? You know, is it too late Mm -hmm. to like change at this age, this time in my life? And it's not because I could literally, we could finish this podcast and we've all three changed from it. Yeah. So that was really helpful. Um, resources, there's so many successful people just sharing their experiences on YouTube. It's funny because when Stan and I first started dating, he would watch 
you know, I'd be on YouTube listening to music and like checking random who knows what. <laughs> and he'd I'd tease him because I'm like, what are you watching? Like, don't be such a nerd. And he'd be watching just random stories on real estate investing. And making, I mean, that was my mindset going into mm-hmm. the beginning of this, right? So, but clearly he's learning from those things. And it's almost like if you live it and breathe it and surround yourself with it, um, you're going to change just naturally because your environment's changing. And um, another one is like content, change your feed. So mm-hmm. for me, I'm always on Instagram. That's like mm-hmm. my number one social media um, outlet. And I just started following accounts that were sharing information or tips on um, investing and real estate investing and yeah, all the things that I needed to learn so that now my feed is like those things pop up and then it's sometimes something really resonates with you where you hear a wild story about how someone started at whatever age mm-hmm. with so much money and you're just reminding yourself all those things. So when you change that, use those resources, I think it really helps you. And I think lastly, it's the people. So like coming back to just learning from the people around you. I mean, there's so many people around you who want to help you know, like who genuinely yeah. have either been in the same situation as you and who want to help you get there. If you just break down that kind mm-hmm. of barrier of embarrassment and share it, they guaranteed will help you out. Yeah. You know, they will share their information and you'll be better off for it. So yeah, totally. those are the resources I look to. Yeah. Um, Instagram question. Such a good, such good advice. Cause I've done that with certain things and it's like actually helps so much because it's what you're looking at all day yeah. anyways. Right. You might as well just make, it's a small change again that can like help in such big ways. Um, and like, just on the last point, what you said, like, I think that's so smart. Like, I think if I think about it from the opposite perspective, if somebody came to me telling me that they needed help with finances or whatever it is that maybe I'm better off quote unquote than they are, I would never, I would never think that it's something that they should be embarrassed or shy about. Like I would, my first instinct would be, how can I help you? And I hope, like, I think most of the people in my life are like that too. Like, unless you're a horrible person, um you're not gonna say like no you're so stupid and like why don't you have your money in order like I would never say that to somebody so that's so that's so true like I think people just need to get over that like initial personal fear that they have so thank you for sharing that that's that's super helpful Um, no problem another thing I was gonna say is uh, and I learned this from another Brooke Castillo podcast was that um wealth is we're in a time where like there's no cap on money yeah, you know what I mean. Totally. Before it was that money was always tied to land mm-hmm. or um, specific resources or something. Yet now we're in this world where like it's there's just an unlimited mm-hmm. amount. So it's I think that when people change their mindset about that, they're you're more inclined to want to help. It's not that oh mm-hmm. if she is getting rich, I can't get rich, mm-hmm. or if Amanda's taking that money that she's taking from me, it's not like that. It's there's money out there. You can create your own pie of wealth, and you just when you kind of start to understand and think of it that way, I mean, it's a, it's wild, like that we live live in this world where you can really just start by creating content and making money that way. And, um, there's just so much to share basically. So it's It's like a never ending supply. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I never thought of it that way. Well, thank you so I'm much. I'm definitely Aaliyah. look up for good work steel after this. Yeah, I, I already and searched I her up on my phone. I like, yeah. I'm like, can they see me looking down? Because I was searching her up on my phone. It <laughs> <laughs> was pretty good. Like, I mean, she's um, as of recently, she's had to change her approach a bit. Um, with just with the world yeah. issues and things that have been going on recently. So uh, the way she dealt with those things were, was a little different, but she's really coming around. And I think that um, for her, it's a huge learning thing. So she's, yeah, it's good. It's all about life and learning and that. Um, just to throw this in there. And I know, like I was thinking about this earlier, I wanted to say it when it comes to starting the blog, um, if you're thinking of doing it, you just, my number one advice is to just start. 
Like, if anyone's yeah. out there, I mean, know why you're starting it. Like, for me, it was just mostly something to motivate myself and put a website online. But for anyone else out there, it's you just have to do it. Mm-hmm. You just have to start it. And that's like anything, any task. Yeah. I know when you girls probably wanted to start the podcast. I was just going like, to say, yeah. I was so impressed when I listened to the first episode because <laughs> oh, I'm like, yes, you. they just did it. Like, who yeah. cares? It's, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, set totally. up, nothing has to be perfect. Like, we're, like, Stan and I talk about this all the time and, as much as you'd love to do things and be perfectionist, like mm-hmm. B plus work is enough, mm-hmm. you know, just get it out totally. there, perfect it later. But that's kind of like, I love that you girls started it. Cause I was just like, wow, this is, mm-hmm. and it was around the time where I felt like I was starting the blog. I remember telling Ashria, you were probably one of the first people that mm-hmm. I told mm-hmm. more than the friends and family. I mm-hmm. haven't even really shared with them, but I just thought, I think that like, I think they're on the same mindset as me right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> totally. We had such a good yeah. conversation and I appreciate you saying that so much. Cause I think you're so right. Like it's just about getting it out there, get your content out there. Like it's intimidating at first cause you're putting your voice out there and like, whatever like the most if you don't have haters you're not doing anything right so like I think whatever like you can't be scared and that's such good it's just such a good way to look at it and I appreciate when people recognize that as well so thank you so much for saying that but yeah we did have a really good conversation I remember like and it was so motivating for me because I'm like oh like that's exactly what I thought like she's in the exact same mindset like she's going through this with her blog and like I'm I'm like people's biggest fans when they do stuff like that because I'm like wow like just just do it like you're not scared it shows like a level of confidence too right so yeah, I, to- I totally agree with that. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I feel like I've learned so much in like mm-hmm. less than 40 minutes. So I want to so keep I really, going. I really, really <laughs> yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> we got to do a, a part two. A lot of notes already taken. No problem at all. Thanks so much for having me. It's been super fun. Like, yeah. I hope we can do this again. Absolutely. So. Yeah, definitely. And we'll I- certainly link to Compound Dreams so that others can check it out. Yes. Because, um, I mean, if I haven't made it clear what the number of references <laughs> I've made, it's a, it's a great blog. <laughs> yeah. CompoundDreams.com, guys. Everybody check it out. And we'll put uh, the links in the show notes below. And we'll also link to Brooke Castillo's podcast and everything we talked about so people can reference it there as well. But, yes, we definitely have to bring you back, Leah, and, and – Stanley too. I'd love to talk to him. He sounds like such a great guy. For so. sure. Yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Throw a in there too. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> For <laughs> okay. sure. Take care. Bye.